My name is Daniel Galarza, and I'm a licensed clinician. One of my favorite questions in therapy from a client is the question of what's considered a successful relationship. So let's start off with the idea of what exactly do we mean by a successful relationship. A successful relationship can mean many things to many people. But what I imagine what most people think of when they think of a successful relationship is a long-lasting relationship. A long-lasting relationship can mean many things. It can mean that people tolerated each other for many years. It can mean that people found an agreement as to how to function as a couple. Or it can mean that they were truly happy in the course of the relationship. I don't always believe that a successful relationship is a happy relationship. Most of us know people who have been together a long time, but were not necessarily happy. If an unhappy couple overcame their struggles and found happiness or found a way to be content in the relationship, that is considered success. My definition of a successful relationship is a happy relationship. When we commit to someone, we make a promise. We are promising to be life partners. And what we envision in that life is happiness. A life in which people get together, create something, and are happy together. So for the sake of answering the question, what can help create a happy relationship? I will be talking about five different concepts that would be crucial to understanding if your goal is to be happy in the relationship. The first extremely important idea to understand about being genuinely happy in a relationship is the idea of being emotionally mature. To be emotionally mature is to authentically know yourself, know your good, know your bad. Understand your genuine strengths, know what baggage you're bringing into the relationship, and work at it. Get familiar with your fears and insecurities. That way you get to work on those insecurities or those fears, and they don't get in the way of the relationship. Most of us come into relationships being affected by our upbringing or by previous relationships. It takes a lot of emotional maturity of getting to know ourselves at understanding how we were affected and knowing how to navigate or heal that in order to prevent it from getting in the way of a healthy relationship. So rule number one, if you want to ensure a long-lasting happy relationship, you would have to practice being emotionally mature. Number two, get really familiar with the idea of teaching and learning in a relationship. The idea of teaching and learning is an important concept and one that my wife has emphasized as a therapist and as a partner. To learn is to be curious about the person, to genuinely want to know who the person is, to join them in their journey in getting to know themselves. What gets in the way of us wanting to learn about our partner is our predisposed notion as to who we believe our partner is. When we label or judge our partners, we're no longer learning who they are. We've already determined who they are based on our own assumptions. In order to effectively learn about our partners, we must keep an open mind, learn to ask questions, be curious, be patient, let go of any judgment, and truly practice the notion of listening to understand. The teach part is teach about yourself. As you're getting to know what works for you and what does not work for you, teach that to your partner. In order to do that, you would have to be an effective communicator. Process your thoughts and emotions first. Get to the bottom of what your thoughts and feelings are. Then communicate them. Otherwise, what we do is we react. So if I were to react emotionally, it is more likely that my partner is going to defend themselves or misunderstand me. 
when I have the opportunity to teach my partner about what works and what doesn't work for me. And in turn, my partner has a genuine interest in learning about me. We can tailor the relationship to work for both of us. When we learn about ourselves, it also allows us to hold ourselves accountable. And that is also something we could teach our partners, that we understand that we have something that we're working on and we make genuine efforts to get better at it. The third concept and an often misunderstood concept is the idea of accepting influence from your partner. Let me start off by saying this. I'm not a big fan of sayings that we tend to carry on from one generation to another. One in particular is the saying that opposites attract. The healthiest couples have more in common with each other than not. It's true that we can be opposite in personality traits. It can be true that one person has a preference for the summer while another person has a preference for the winter. In that sense, they are opposites. But what attracts people, or what should attract people in a healthy way, are their similarities. Their admiration for each other, and the fact that they see the world in a very similar way. That's attraction. To accept influence from our partner means that instead of judging our partner for how they are as people, instead of judging the differences, we learn about those differences. We get to value those differences. An example can be the difference between how people value money. Just because I don't understand the way my partner values money does not mean that I cannot learn to appreciate it. Not understanding something or not relating to something doesn't mean that we should shut it down. To accept influence not only means understanding why they see things or feel things the way they do, it also means to learn how to value it. We see the world through our lenses. Our partners see the world through their lenses. If I can figure out a way to expand my lenses to include the way she sees it, it expands my worldview. It expands my experience as a person. One other way of explaining accepting influence from your partner means to learn how to be a little more like them. Instead of sitting back and saying, this is how they are, and this is how I am. And those two things stay separate. We say, this is how they are. And I want to see the value in that and practice being a little more like that. That doesn't mean that we're going to end up being like our partners, but it means that we respect their view of the world. And in turn, our partners respect our view of the world. This idea can be very complicated because there are circumstances where we may be wrong and we have to keep an open mind about being wrong. But in the bigger picture, to accept influence, means to be open to grow as a human being and allowing the person that we fell in love with to help us through that process. A fourth very important concept to creating a happy relationship is to have shared values. If the goal is to have a long-lasting happy relationship, then we would have to have values that guide us for the sake of achieving that goal. In essence, the values that we have as a couple are the rules that will help us navigate through whatever life throws our way. When we have solid values as a couple, we don't have to overthink what may happen in the future. We simply refer to our values as a couple, and we allow those values to dictate what should be done in that moment. If between you and your partner, you agree that you value family, then between the both of you, you have a definition as to what that could look like. And moving forward, you live through that one value. I find it extremely important that relationships have shared values. We can have our individual values, but remember that you made a promise to a person. 
to share your life with them. And first and foremost, we are going to create a value system that will lead the way for the both of us. It's up to us to hold ourselves accountable to the values that we agreed upon. If you do not have shared values as a couple, you may find yourself pulling in opposite directions. In some situations, the fact that your values don't match might be the wedge that's getting in the way of you getting closer to your partner. Have conversations about what we want to achieve and what it's going to take for us to get there. Always remember, a healthy relationship always carries a we concept, not a me concept. And a fifth critical feature of a long-lasting healthy relationship is knowing how to repair the cracks. It's a natural process for relationships to have issues. When we're working on something, we're going to make mistakes. When we make mistakes in relationships, we need to know how to repair them. In order to repair mistakes or to repair damage in a relationship, it's vital that we lead with love and compassion. It's also going to be key that you're genuine about your intention. When we create damage or make mistakes in relationships, we have to be genuine about wanting to correct those mistakes. How we treat each other, how we speak to each other, learning to forgive, and making a genuine effort to understand each other will help the process of repairing that damage. Most relationships will experience some sort of damage in the relationship, but how we repair it matters. When we learn how to forgive, how to be patient, and how to be compassionate, we become a lot better at repairing. Never forget who your partner is. If your partner genuinely loves you and they are making true efforts to be the best partner they can be, keep that at the forefront. Sometimes when there's damage in the relationship and our emotions get in the way, it keeps us from being effective and repairing the situation. In the spirit of knowing how to repair damage in a relationship, I highly encourage people to lead with respect. Respect the person you're talking to. Just because you're hurt doesn't give you the right to be disrespectful or hurtful back. If you can learn to be genuine and compassionate during the process of a repair, it would allow the relationship to grow more effectively. In the past, I've mentioned that I am a true believer of love. In the early stages of a relationship, we can make a promise to each other. But that promise simply means that we have a strong foundation. We care about each other. We admire each other. And we have a great starting point to build upon. But always keep in mind that the initial commitment is the establishment of a foundation. From that point forward, we build on it. You could build something that could be sustainable but not strong. Or you can build something that is sustainable and strong and find yourself years later more deeply in love with your partner than you were on the day you made the initial commitment. So as a man, I say to other men, Accept the influence of your partners. Move your ego aside and be genuine about your efforts to be fair and mutual with your partners. In doing so, we're doing our part to help create a sustainable relationship that is happy and strong. And in turn, we'll be setting the example for the next generation. I really hope that this episode answered some of your questions about what it takes to have a healthy relationship. And like always, if you know of someone that could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. So with that, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time.